We all know and love our local businesses, but do we really know the people behind the business? Your hosts, Eric Fix and Stephen Flitico from the Genesee County Chamber, sit down with the local business owners of our region and discuss their stories and insights on what it's like owning and operating a business in Genesee County and why. Okay. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are back here in GoArt for another episode of Behind the Business, um, your local business uh, solution here. Um, I have myself and Eric Fix here, and we have a great guest today. Her name is Candace Hensel, and she's from Byron Hotel. So go ahead and say hello, Candace. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so um, like I was saying to you earlier, basically the point of this podcast is to hear your story. Um, so how about we start there? What was your initial start at the hotel? My initial start actually was almost to the day 20 years ago. Um, I was driving through Byron. I'd been a patron of the Byron Hotel um, sporadically um, prior to that. Um, I was on my way somewhere, and I drove through the four corners of Byron, and there was a for sale sign in front of the building. So me being curious, I called the the number on the front, and the agent told me what they were asking, and I said, well, I don't have any money, so that's kind of a moot point. And then he started aggressively contacting me. Um, so Labor Day weekend, I went in and took a look at the, the, the place. It had been um, closed down for about a month, month and a half at that point. And um, I had no idea anything about um, a tavern or a, a bar. Prior to this, I was running um, the McDonald's on Valence Road over in Leroy. Oh, I was okay. the plaza manager over there. So I knew how to squeeze nickels and dimes, et cetera, to make food costs. But the bar business was nothing that I was familiar with at all. So, however, the the real estate agent was very aggressive. And I started thinking, well, gee, I'd hate to be 10 years down the line and say, gee, I wished I had done that. So I, I reached out to... Um, well, since I didn't know anything about a bar or starting my own business, I but I do know how to read. It was, let's get some books. So I went to a bookstore back then and uh, um, bought a couple books about starting your own business. I retained an attorney. I retained an accountant, looked over the books. And like I said, since I wanted to um, not get 10 years down the road and say I wished I had, I moved forward. I leased the business for the first year and a half to see if I would like it or if it was a good fit. And I learned a lot about the business in that time frame. Um, and coming into operating that business, um, I spent many hours, and some people in town re- recognized my vehicle of being parked across the street, um, looking at the building, because the building is in, well, the building is an 1850 three-story federal-style building that is in, was in various stages of um, deterioration, Okay, old buildings um, are always a challenge. So anyway, I, I looked at the building and I, I saw I really liked the building, and that was one of the things. You know, it was sad to see something in the four corners of a small town closed. So my premise to opening and, and moving forward was that. And in the middle of my reading and discussing with accountants and attorneys, um, 9/11 happened, and um, that was one of my really moving forward um, points at that point was when 9-11 happened pre-COVID, um, the world stopped, <laughs> okay, in a different way than than COVID did to an extent. Um, and it was sad to not have a place that people could come and gather and feel safe. Um, so 
in operating my business over the last 20 years, my goal and the goal of my employees is if someone walks in the door to be greeted and to make them feel a warm and fuzzy. Okay. Whether you know them or not. And I do have people that return and say, well, I came back because I had such a good time here. You know, um, it's not about, um, knowing the people that are there. It's about getting to know, getting to know the people. And, um, most people are quite similar once you, once you understand a few points to try to, um, make someone feel comfortable and having them join in a conversation. So that's how I started. I didn't want to miss out on something. And I leased the business in a way that I could back out quickly if need be. I was only out money and my time at that point. However, after the year and a half, I, I bought the building and, the, um, and have run the business inside that building since then. Um, well, I was going to say, you said your 20-year anniversary today. It's kind of coming up about... I was about, going to say, it's got to be close, September 11th. I mean, it's... It's coming, yes. Yeah. That was when I started the processes of, of um, uh, let's see, creating an LLC, all those things in negotiating um, a lease contract with the, the previous owner who wanted to sell. But I didn't want to buy if I, you know, I don't want to buy to fail. Yeah. So um, I did have great attorneys... Um, that helped me create a package that was beneficial to the seller, you know, um, at that point and to me moving forward. So that was, that was very important, you know, cause I, without that help, I would have probably been into over my head. See, I told you there was nothing to be nervous about. I mean, you just gave me five minutes straight. Of, oh, perfect. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. Now if I could only print that out and put it on the back of my menus, everybody would know that story. <laughs> well, you know? Steven do that for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can hit record. You know, and after 20 years, I, I don't really have any regrets. The business has changed um, quite a bit. I'm a small local tavern, and I have a restaurant. We serve food from open till nine or 10 o'clock. Everything's changed post COVID. Um, we're now only open three days a week um, instead of six to seven. I did broaden my um, hours of opening during um, snowmobile season. Yeah. Um, that's a major, if it snows, a major um, bonus for me in operating the business. Sarah in our office brought that up and I had never realized that. Um, but yeah. then it makes sense when you think about it. Yeah. yeah. the a, a snowmobile um, trail is a very specific path. So uh, being on that is very, um, uh, very beneficial um, to my kind of business. Um, we pride ourselves in clean restrooms and friendly atmosphere. So therefore, you know, a family with that is out snowmobiling, you know, they come in, yeah. They go to the dining room. They feel very comfortable now, there. Just pull right up and park like a car, or um, like a- I kind of try to keep them uh, to the west side of my parking lot where it's a little bit bigger. Okay. They they usually line right up, or they go up over the plowed hill and they'll park over there. Okay. Um, so there's still room for car parking up around the building. Um, but I mean, it's nothing to have fifty to sixty snowmobilers or snowmobiles, excuse me, in my parking lot. It gets kind of crowded in there, but, you know, they, they come and they go and they use the facilities. You know, they'll order food. They'll, you know, a beer or, or a soda, you know, because um, I do have a lot of families and they, they're return people. Mm-hmm. I've had people that have been sole snowmobilers and then after snowmobile season, they've driven their vehicle back from, you know, Chile or something. Oh, I decided to bring my family out for a fish fry, which makes me feel really good that, you know, 
dad just snowmobiles, nobody else does. But, you know, they came in for, you know, five or six weeks straight, uh, you know, for fish fries with the family and stuff, you know. So now we're just regrouping um, post-COVID, you know. Yeah. Um, um, I'm sure very similar to many every other business. Many, yes. yes. Um, um, not being in a hub of... Um, uh, I mean, we're not a metropolis like Batavia. We're a small community. Yes, yes, we're a very yeah. small community. Mm-hmm. So my base is is fairly small, and I do have um, some challenges um, of getting people to come back in because you know there's a fear there. Um, still, from for some people, and actually some of my relatives too are are you know very leery of of social interactions. Um, so I respect that. Um, I do have a very strong Friday base that when we went to just take out only, it was one of the reasons that um, I maintained that one day a week for Friday fish fries. And we just made sure, you know, we spaced our, our pickups and we had our spacing down. And I think people appreciated it. Um, the base of my business, though, was a social group of people that um, don't don't interact. Um, I shouldn't say interact. Um there are a lot of soul people. When you come to my, you know, you pull into the parking lot, you could have 10 pickup trucks in there, okay? Yeah. That's basically 10 people, yeah. okay? Everybody drives themselves there. It's a it's a meeting point of people to be, be social, okay? Typically, it's not um, two carloads of eight people that come in to be at the Byron Hotel, okay? So that was where COVID really hurt my business um, was because... A lot of my um, patrons are people that work by themselves, possibly in a truck or a tractor or anything like that all day. So that interaction That's may be, it, it can, yes. Yeah. So, you know, um, we've really lost a little bit of that and we're trying very slowly to bring it back. Um, but to be open right now is the busy season of everybody. You know, if you're in any farm industry or trucking or anything like that. Um, so, you know, They'll stop in, pick up a dinner to go, and maybe have a drink, socialize, and then go. This is not – once it gets to fall, they might linger, you know, a little longer or something like that. But it's a social atmosphere. So to deprive someone of being social really struck home at, at my business. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be a small, locally owned and operated tavern. Correct, I mean, yeah. It, that's, that's what it is. and. I mean, I don't want to compare it to like, um, you know, the old guys meeting at Dunkin' Donuts, but you know, it's right. And I don't serve breakfast, so I can't pull them there. You know, Um, I prided myself for the first 19 years of being, you know, the real neighborhood bar and grill. Yeah. You know, if we want a burger and fries, I mean, I serve certified Angus beef patties. You know, all my sides are, you know, homemade or doctored upside, you know, like your mom would do or whatever like that. Um, But it was the camaraderie and the socializing that was really the important basis. So um, trying to rethink that, you know, within financial guidelines, you know, because yeah. yeah, it's, it's definitely taken a toll there. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Oh, I mean, uh, hopefully I'm moving on to how things well, are going to go. But, oh, sorry. I didn't mean no, go ahead, no, um, go ahead. I mean, a, a very prosperous business owner, um, a year ago in July, when I was still operating, I was operating four days a week with takeouts only. And basically he said, if you can close your doors and hold tight, you might do better than, you know, 
than trying to, you know, spread yourself so thin, you know, the labor costs are, are high operating costs. You know, if you can just, and that's what I did um, as of August last year, we went down to that one day a week to keep my base customers that were still able to, to come in to get their food to go or whatever. And they were very supportive and just to keep the operation moving along. But everyone else was able to find other jobs. I'm a part-time employer. I'm not a full-time employer, you know, so people were, my staff was able to pick up, you know, other things um, and move forward. With that, that three-story building, I've been spending my last year. I'm just going to bring that up because Sarah gave me a little insider oh, info okay. here. Uh, yeah. Main Street grant, right? Um, yes. Or applying for one? Is that um, what it is? No, nope. Um, um, let's see. I spent a lot of time in my downtime doing a lot of reading and research. Uh-huh. And something was brought up at one of the um, town board, not town board meetings, planning board meetings. And I'd spent some time on the comprehensive plan when the town redid it two years ago, two and a half years ago, and revitalizing the four corners. One, it was a problem eyesore and many of the surveys that had come up. Um, comments from people outside the area when you pull in, it's a depressed area, you know. And I try hard to maintain my 150 plus year old building, which is a struggle, okay. Um, there's always something breaking. I mean, I've made major inlays of cash, you know, which is cash comes from your profit. Okay. So that's money that's out of my pocket ultimately to um, maintain that building to a certain way, to a certain extent, as opposed to my personal life. You know, mama doesn't get a new pair of shoes this week because we did something, you know, in the kitchen. So I looked into, um, the Main Street program, which is very popular here in the Batavia area, um, they've been working on that um, for quite quite a few years, utilizing those funds, I know, to revitalize a lot of Main Street here in, in Batavia. And now the village of Bergen has done the same, and I used to live in the village of Bergen. So I was, you know, I'd see the messages and stuff like that. So I looked into, you know, um, the a technical assistance grant through main, the main street program to apply for. And there was a little interest in town. So basically what I did was I wrote an application and got, and instead of the town writing the application and applying for it, I wrote the application and asked the town to submit it for myself. Um, seems a little selfish, but at that point I had the funds to do some matching um, and I had spoken to other property owners in that four corner area and they were interested in the time. So instead of asking for the four corners money, I'm trying to utilize that money. My personally, not personally, but for my building and my corner to take advantage of that the best I can. So that means the second floor, which is currently an apartment and the third floor of my three-store building that's just currently, um, I quote, abandoned, there's a lock on the door and I'm not allowed to let people up there. Um, The town was awarded the grant funding for that, um, that study to be performed. Yeah. Um, Which is, oh, go ahead. Ask questions. I can talk for 20 years of 
Yeah, modeling my spiel, well, I, mean, I guess. From well, a selfish standpoint, from a chamber standpoint, yes. one of one of my goals and our goals going forward is really downtown revitalization. Whether your downtown is Four Corners or your downtown is right here where we're sitting, so the fact that you're already going through that process to me is interesting. And I'm just thinking back to the history of that building. I mean, 150 years old. What was it? Or do you know what it was originally? It was a hotel. Was it? So it's always been it's, a hotel. It has been, and one of the reasons I. Um, my company name, when I had to establish to build or to to begin the process, I created an LLC in the beginning stages. But I have my DBA as the Byron Hotel and Trail House. Back then, um, roadhouses twenty years ago were a big popular thing. Well, my my patrons come by motorcycle, by um, snowmobile. snowmobile, by bicycle, and by horse, and I get some four wheelers in there too. So you know, I'm just all the roads lead to Wait, us. So horse. Horse, yes. Where do you park the horse? Well. To just tie it up to the rails. You tie it up outside? to the rails. Yeah. And um, they, that's what the, my customers were doing. Or, and prior to me, um, they tied it to the rail. And there was a little pull on the old rail. Um, Probably old, it, maybe original. It, no, it wasn't an original no. rail post. Um, no. However, um, it was just the old wrought iron that had been replaced when they put that in in the early 1900s. So that was, it's actually been replaced since then. I did do an investment in a in a ADA um, compliant ramp to get in the building three years ago. And I replaced um, the whole rail system around the two-sided porch. So when you pull up to the four corners, it, it looks pretty impressive, I think. You know, if there's no cars around there, I mean, it was a lot of money, but it was one of my dreams when I was parked across the street was to make that look a little bit better. And I think it's a little more um, eye appealing. It needs a second coat of stain, et cetera, which is another grant I'm going to be applying for next month um, is for some thing, some money that um, would improve my current business. The revitalization of the second and the third floor is a, I'm trying to keep them separated a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, and to speak back to the Main Street grant, um, you know, it, it's such a central point of Byron where you're at. It is. That it's like to see a building be improved there is just good for the entire community. Hopefully, know? yes. Yeah, I see it as because instead of a one apartment, I'm hoping for that the the structure could house four units on the upper levels as my idea, but I'm not a professional that knows those things. And hopefully in the next week, I'll be meeting with the firm that has been hired to do the uh, feasibility study. So I'm quite excited about that. So Um, the third floor is usable. You're just not using it at this time, potentially usable. I'm hoping that it is. Um, I mean, the, the roof needs some work. I'm sure a lot of these, I mean, old buildings need work, you know, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not versed in that. However, I see a lot of potential for myself after going through COVID and seeing what can be done to my main business. I already own the building. This is an investment in my future the next 20 years. You know, I do believe it's important for the bottom um, floor to to contribute to the community. Um, I would like to see it continue as it is. However, that may change also. You know, I don't know what the next few years are going to bring, but I think that as a a business, it needs to be a viable attribute to the community. Um, The community in Byron and, you know, I'm I'm, I'm on the main path to the res, you know, as the outside, 
you know, so I get people, you know, once a month that, that make the truck and yeah, the regulars just not daily or weekly, you know, they're on a regular, a regular routine on a Saturday or a Sunday when I'm open in the winter times during snowmobile season or something like that. So, um, and you're right on it's two six, uh, the corner of 262 and 237. Yeah, yeah. 237. That's a very common highway. Yes. People take that up to so, and all that up right. there. Port yes. Area. Yep. So another, um, Exciting thing that's happening at the Byron Hotel is in my research online, and I'm probably taking up all of your time, is we will be an EV charging station point um, coming up, hopefully within the next couple of months. I just online or on the phone with the company that I've um, retained to install that through the NYSERDA program. Um, I tried putting that out to the town. They weren't interested, and I'm trying to, I guess, lead by example, you know, with the incentives that were there, you know, someone that gets off the throughway and doesn't want to, can't get to Batavia. I don't know how it's going to play out. You know, I'm not a mind reader, but if things move forward that way, at least I've taken advantage of the incentives while they were available. Yeah, and you'll be a first mover, you know, you know, that has it. Yep. So when other people are near it. Yeah. The, to my knowledge. No, I've, I've so, kind of Googled the, the and that's sites how and these stuff. Folks are. They know they, they sometimes They've they pre planned their yep, trips. Exactly. You know, so and people stop into our office and ask, and there's very few in the entire area. Correct. Uh, so, Batavia Downs has one, and there's one in. There's the, now two downtown. Yeah, they just downtown. You know, I know there's two, one or two in Bur- the village of Burgeon. Um, they've been very proactive on those things, and I'm trying to be that way with my other side of my life uh, since I've actually moved to Byron and I'm a resident there. So I've been a little more proactive in the local politics. I'm not sure if that's good or bad, but you know, it's, you know, it's a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> it's entertaining, right? Yeah, well, yes, it is. <laughs> well, so. Sounds like you've been very busy and, you know, we like to hear the stories about how people, when, when COVID hit, not only did they manage to maintain their business still, but actually look into What's the next, to your point, 20 years, and how can we move forward? So that's that's outstanding. We wrap this up every single time with four questions. Okay. Random, just quick ones. Um, you can explain them as much as you want. So first one, what was your first car? Um, a Mustang 2 hatchback, 1975. <laughs> I would have not picked that at all. <laughs> that's the message we got. Yeah. That, without a doubt. 1975 Mustang, huh? Mustang 2 hatchback. Okay. Okay, it looked like a Pinto. Okay. Okay, but it could fit 12 people to get to Pontillo's. Out of Friday night, yeah. Just so you know, know, they're stacked. Wow, that's great. How about the last book you read? Ooh, that's a tough one because COVID, I haven't been reading too many books. It was probably the town code. Well, that probably, that could be yes. Comprehensive plan, um, or the hosting agreement for the Excelsior project. Go. Oh God! We'll let that one go. Yeah, that, we'll that, pass that, that on. Okay. Um, favorite vacation spot? I have a cottage. My family has a cottage on Honey Lake, so to get oh, down there is vacation enough. One to two days down there, you know. That works. And last, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Um, why? Superpower. I don't know. This is always the hard. It is a hard one. Think be, about this one the hardest always. I mean, it'd be easier if I won the lottery. And, you know, what would I do with the million dollars? Um, superpower. I don't even know what superpowers are. Well, so Stevens, 
Well, mine's not really a superpower. Right. What is yours? I, I wish that I had a super metabolism. Oh. Because so, then I can eat all day, every day. And not so he kind of made his up. Which oh, is okay. Yeah. yeah. That would be. I would. I would like that. You know, X-ray vision. I don't need to see through see, anything. See, if I had X-ray vision, I want to be able to turn it off because yeah, there's more. I, yeah. Less is more. Right, sometimes, exactly. you know. I. You know, over-informing yourself is not a good thing. My 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 side non-superpower superpower is just to be able to park traffic as I come, like just get out. Oh, of the way. like the Red Sea. Yeah, lights turn green, traffic moves. Um, I don't know about that one. I don't. You can come back to us on it. We'll back okay, yeah, I, I can do that. I'll have to think about yeah, that. Absolutely. I can call us later. Yeah, we'll follow <laughs> okay, up. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, thank you very much, Well, Candace. thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It, it was very informative. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you as a public service from the Genesee County Chamber of Commerce. For more episodes, listen and subscribe on any of your favorite podcast apps, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and many more. See you next time.